Hello, welcome to A Little Louder Now. We've got Alex and Alicia here today. This is February. Uh, today, we're going to talk about Shirley Chisholm, mm. right? <laughs> I know, I know. I was doing research about her, and I was like in tears, just so proud and so excited to talk about her. We've been geeking out about her. Yeah, we're, we're very geeked out about Shirley Chisholm, so it's going to come across. We're very excited about this. Um, so, Shirley. Yes. Mm-hmm. Shirley was the first African-American congresswoman and the first African-American woman to make a bid for the office of president for a major political party. There was one woman who ran before her, but not for the Democratic Party. She was she was a child of immigrants, right? Yeah. So she was born in Brooklyn in 1924 to a mother who immigrated from Barbados and a father who immigrated from Guyana. Mm -hmm. um, she actually spent six years in Barbados with her mother's family while her parents were in New York during the Great Depression. Yes, that's, that's where she picked up her British accent that she had throughout her whole life. She's just a boss, man. Like, oof. She was the first African-American congresswoman in U.S. history in 1968 mm -hmm. to represent New York. She used to drive through neighborhoods with the windows down, announcing out the window, this is fighting Shirley Chisholm coming through. Her campaign slogan was unbought and unbossed. Like, how, how boss is that? Even better than that, on the, on the, mausole in the mausoleum where she's buried, it, all it says is unbought and unbossed. Where is she? I want to go. <laughs> um, I don't. We're gonna figure that out. We're gonna go. We'll take a picture and post it. All right. We will. Yeah. Let's do it. We're gonna. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. It's gonna be great. Um. Anyway, so she, during that campaign for Congress, she defeated the well-known civil rights activist James Farmer in the general election. She actually defeated. I think it was six other people in the primary election. She was known for her bold declarations and she made her presence known in Congress. I like that she told people like, oh, I got to like, there's going to be some fireworks. Like, <laughs> there were. I know, she definitely delivered. <laughs> I mean, she was, she was definitely true to her word that she was going to bring about change. She hired all women for her office. Half of them were African-American. She... She was a fierce opponent of the Vietnam War, and she voted against military spending. Mm -hmm. She um, was relegated to the House Agricultural Committee, which I assume was an effort to quiet her. Yeah. Um, but it failed. <laughs> she requested a new assignment because she's from Brooklyn, and there is no agriculture in Brooklyn. So I mean, it's urban. This doesn't help my constituents reassign me. Exactly. They, so they moved her to Veteran Affairs before they moved her to where, I think it was her true love, the Education and Labor Committee in 1971. She, she actually was a founding member of the Congressional Black Caucus, as well as the National Women's Political Caucus. I don't have words. That's life-changing <laughs> in terms of political aspirations, mm -hmm. right? So before that, there were, there were like agreements, you know, hey, we're Republicans, Democrats, we're gonna kind of vote together, but this was outside of your political group. This was, hey, we're all people of similar backgrounds, similar similar heritage. So we're going to have each other's backs. And mm -hmm. we're going to push our 
the things that we want forward by supporting each other. She served, um, she ended up serving seven terms in the House, but the big thing came four years after she was elected to Congress. So 1972, it was January, she became the first major black candidate to make a bid for the U.S. presidency and the first woman to vie for the Democratic nomination. I loved her announcement because she said, I'm oh, a yeah. revolutionary at heart now, and I've got to run, even though it may be the downfall of my career. So she saw this as a choice between what is right and what is easy. Mm -hmm. And she, okay, Dumbledore. She wanted, <laughs> she wanted to do what was right, even if it was going to cost her. And I, didn't. I appreciate that. Let's uh, concentrate on this actual campaign that she started running. So, so she back helped, to you. Sure. She helped build this Congressional Black Caucus. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of screwed her over. Yeah. Because she announced that she was running without running it by them. And they wanted to make a like formal decision on who they were going to endorse. endorse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she was like, She's not one to wait around, and she told the crowd, you know, while they're rapping and snapping, I'm mapping. Which, when I saw that, when I when I heard it, because I went and listened to her speech, I literally laughed out loud. Like, I'm laughing both. While they're sitting there arguing and, and telling each other to be quiet and snapping their fingers, I'm mapping the votes I need to get there. So when Kamala Harris announced her 2020 presidential candidacy in January 2019, she used a campaign logo and colors to pay tribute to Shirley Chisholm. Those, she had that yellow and the red logo when Shirley was campaigning for president, and Kamala used that as her, her color scheme in a nod to Shirley, which I just thought was a huge, classy nod to women who came before her. And let's talk about Shirley's impact for a minute. Yes. So she had a long and noteworthy career. She made it onto the primary ballot in 12 states and won 28 delegates in the primary election. So she won about 152 delegates at the DNC and came in fourth. Yep. So that's not a terrible... No, she came in fourth. Yeah, she wasn't even last. <laughs> and she was a member of the League of Women Voters and the Bedford-Stuyvesant Political League or she ran for the New York State Assembly in 1964. And she took the love of women voters and grouping together as a political league to Congress, mm -hmm. where, as we said, she created a part, she's a part of the Congressional Black Caucus and the, the League of Women Voters. And she also, her first love, she was an educational consultant. She also took the love of education and helping those that need it by focusing on unemployment benefits for domestic workers and education mm -hmm. initiatives while she was in office. She also had a really significant impact on anti-poverty policy and educational reform when she was in Congress. I mean, this woman did it all. Yeah. She and never she, forgot her roots. No. No. And, and she retired from Congress in 1982, but she wasn't done helping, making a difference in the world. She went back to her first level of teaching and spoke at colleges all across the country. Mm -hmm. she, she passed away on January 1st, 2005 at age 80. And her inscription on her mausoleum says, on Vodmoss, which is amazing. 
So like a, like a true revolutionary and trailblazing fearless woman, unbought and unbossed. And she, she was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame in 1993 as a recognition, rec, to recognize, excuse me, her contributions to women's women, rights, women's women, movement, period. <laughs> but she was also posthumously awarded the Presidential Medal, Medal of Freedom by President Barack Obama in 2015. And Viola Davis, you're, you love Viola Davis. Uh, Viola Davis is producing and starring in a biopic that is, I think it's called The Fighting Shirley Chisholm, that's chronicling Shirley's amazing life. That's, I love it. I'm I can't wait to excited. see it. So in any event, she knew what kind of legacy she wanted to leave behind. She said she wanted to be a catalyst for change. So her quote was, I want history to remember me not as the first black woman to have made a bid for the presidency of the United States, but as a black woman who lived in the 20th century and who dared to be herself. What? Yes. She went on to say, I want to be remembered as a catalyst for change in America. I think she was. Yeah. I mean, think about all of the women who came after her. Think about all the women who were elected to the House and the Senate in, in November of 2018. And all, all different races, all different colors and sizes and shapes. Mm -hmm. I'm just proud. I'm yeah. proud to be a woman after knowing Shirley Chisholm. I feel like her unbreakable spirit and drive to better the lives of those around her is something that we can all want to be when we grow up. She is, she was an amazing person and is an amazing person to look up to in terms mm -hmm. of what you can do when you have the drive. So, you know, obviously she didn't win the Democratic nomination in 1972, but she wrote a book it's called The Good Fight in 1973. And, and this is what she said in it. She said, I ran for the presidency despite hopeless odds to demonstrate the sheer will and refusal to accept the status quo. The next time a woman runs, or a black, or a Jew, or anyone from a group that the country is, quote, not ready to elect to its highest office, I believe that he or she will be taken seriously from the start. I ran because somebody had to do it first. In this country, everybody is supposed to be able to run for president, but that has never really been true. Okay, so that was 1972, 1973. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to 2008, and we did elect a president that the country was, quote, unquote, not ready for. Yeah. A person of color. A person of color. Mm -hmm. And then fast forward to 2016 when a woman ran you know obviously she lost but she it made close. it it was it was a close yeah. race i think that you know president barack obama or hillary clinton or any of the other people of color or um I mean, minority right i mean like any of the other minority candidates that we've had in the past 40 years None of them would have been as successful or as, um, as, as Shirley said, taken seriously because she did it first. 
if she didn't do it first, I, I feel like we would have been set back. But, you know, we maybe not would have had a president of color. And I can respect that Shirley Chisholm helped to open the door. Yeah. For other people behind her. For, for in, in the case of history, for Barack Obama to go slamming through it yep. and get elected. That door would not have been open if it wasn't for her. Exactly. So I'm, I'm thankful, I'm appreciative, and I aspire to be her in spirit. I think I'm going to make unbought and unbossed my new slogan. Okay. My new motto. I like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm really impressed by Shirley Chisholm. I Me think too. That she had so much to offer, so much to give, and she gave and gave and gave. I studied political science when I was in college, and, you know, I heard the name Shirley Chisholm. I, I, I sort of knew her impact, but doing this research made me open my eyes and made me so much more appreciative and proud, I guess, to be a woman in this day and age. Thank you, Shirley Chisholm, for running for president, for tirelessly working for those around you, and being unbought and unbossed.